You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hogger Liberty Podcast. This is episode number 321 of East Central's favorite podcast. Jeremiah Morrill joined by executive video producer, audio engineer, uh, coach of the month, uh, Zach Burcham, and my forever co-host, Mr. Dakota Davis. What do we have planned today? Today's episode features the three of us, and uh, since we didn't have an episode last week, we're going to be talking to you guys about the city elections. Uh, we're going to be recapping them, what happened. Then we're going to be talking to, or I guess, rather instead of just talking, Zach is going to be doing some heavy producing over in his chair. And we're going to be watching a couple of videos that has to deal with the National Congress. Jeremiah promises are really funny. Zach and I haven't watched them, so it's going to be a, a surprise for everybody. You're going to be very proud of your government. And then at the end, I guess, Jeremiah, there's something about the football that's interesting. There's something about oh. the football. You, your brain will explode, Dakota. I've already seen this graphic. And I think we talked about it at work. It's just ridiculous. The amount of money that's going to professional sports players is insane. Professional and uh, and collegiate. This show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh. But hopefully you'll always learn something new. If you are a patron, what did you learn this week, Dakota? Oh, this week we talked about a lot of things. We talked about I had a crazy work week. And then we talked about um icons yeah the icons the we'll icons the that. big purple icons mm -hmm. and we ranked them mm -hmm. there was a review yeah you'll want to know what that's about patreon.com slash boss hog of liberty is where you can go to get access to that and you can listen to it uh you start out at five dollars a month it goes all the way up to fifty dollars a month and you get access to show notes before the show starts. It has the links to the videos that we'll be watching today, so you can watch along with us if you are a patron member. And then you also get access to a Facebook group where we live stream a bonus 20-minute episode every single week, and occasionally you get extra goodies throughout the year. So it's definitely worth it, in my opinion. And then you also... Uh, and you get to interact with us directly. Right. If you're in that group, you've got full access. You can... You, it literally you can is. beat up on Dakota. You become Dakota's best friend. And by the know, way, like six years ago, this last week, you met Cade Coger for the very first time. 
Oh wow! You're shooting it in, you know. It was he got in the Patreon group, and next thing you know, you went to his gun, house, shot guns, and and now you're best friends forever. All we, because he joined Patreon. We don't promote it very often, but Patreon, it is a perk that if you are a Patreon member and you have a question during the show. Those are the only questions in the live stream that we answer. That we really try to answer. That, so we might do others if we find them interesting. Right. But if you're a patron, you go straight to the top of the list. Right. It is a perk. It is listed as a perk on the site. So, you know, we see people but all the time Patreon. that are... It is hey, hey, Mr. Producer. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> we see people all the time that are asking questions in the chat, and then they get really frustrated when we don't answer their questions. Guess what? If you paid us, then we would ask it. <laughs> Dakota can be bought. That's what he's trying to tell you. Yeah. Uh, who's paying this week? $50 or more a month. The, those are the folks that get a shout out at the front of every episode. And those folks are Miss Christy Avery from in Fort Wayne, Indiana. She's our favorite Norwex dealer. Then we have Mr. Jonathan Phillips of uh, Newcastle City Council candidate fame. and our- Andy Moore Buick GMC. Correct. And we also have Mr. Anthony Meyer, who is the hero that this nation deserves. He's the meme dealer. Um, all right. So you did mention that uh, John Phillips became famous running for the city council. Uh, we did six weeks. Thank you to uh, Slick Pickle Sanitation and Wildlands Flowers for, for sponsoring the candidate series. Absolutely incredible and phenomenal to have them as a part of that uh, throughout the uh, throughout the series, talked to everybody from the judges' races to the clerk treasurer, all of the races for uh, for county council, and even the the two folks, the, the Mike and uh, Aaron, who didn't have opposition, and then the uh, the cherry on top was the mayor's race. We talked to everybody, so this audience is familiar uh, with everybody uh, that was on the ballot. Uh, D Day came. November was it November second? Was it was it Tuesday? Tuesday seventh. Yep. Seven, yeah. November seventh. Yeah. Um, we had ten thousand seven hundred eighty-two people were eligible to vote that had, were registered in the city limits. Seventeen precincts. There were twenty-seven hundred and twenty-nine people that decided what the future of the city is. Twenty-seven hundred people. Six weeks of podcasts. God only knows how many yard signs. Door knocking, billboards, the whole, interviews. These guys did multiple public public events. Uh, that turned out to be twenty five point three one percent of of the population. You know what's out. crazy is I I was talking to the about about this election and the voter turnout, and it was like you know I bet like two thirds of the people who voted listened to at least some of our podcasts. I'd be curious. Oh, we had episodes with in the thousands, in the thousands. I mean, yeah, it, it was a well-informed. I think That's this was I'm a very saying. well-informed. It was like at least voting two-thirds went into the ballot box having listened to this podcast, which we is kind of crazy. We should be able to get that as a question on the ballot. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> This should be the first question. If it they says just, no, it just they, bumps them out. If they just no, if they say, <laughs> "Are you a more informed voter?" Do you want the to, Boss Hog? Do you want podcast? to retain Boss Hog or no? And they say no, and the show is over. We got ourselves. <laughs> we're out. It's it's done. I'm just curious, is like because the, there were a lot. I mean, there were a lot of yard signs. So I want to know number of yard signs. The average number of 
uh, eligible voters per house with a yard sign. And I bet somehow you'll find out that like 30% of the people with yard signs voted somehow. Like yeah. they got yard signs. Yeah, there was a less. I mean, I had, I had a guy that came in for in my voting spot while I was there who was a county person. So he didn't have anything to vote for it. He showed up to vote. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we're sorry. You don't have anybody to vote for. Okay. We're burying the lead here. Dakota, what happened? We for those that are outside of the the Newcastle uh, listening market, we didn't do a show last week. Oh yeah, they don't know who won. What happened in the election, Dakota? Well, it was pretty insane because all of the incumbents got reelected. It was who were running. I was all, ex- every every incumbent that was on the ballot got reelected. I was expecting some upsets. even the one that changed parties. Right, I was expecting some upsets. I was, and then I started looking through them. And I totally forgot about the judges race, like you're talking about. And I expected that one. I was like, oh, did Joe lose? Be-? Like, because most of them were 60 40 Democrat. So pretty, yeah, the closest, pretty close the closest anyway. race was Walden and Grimm, which was 53 46. Right. Uh, it was, it was a very, very, that was damn close. 27 votes, I believe, is the margin. But we know from the last election when working Chris- with Chris Guffey that that, that word is less Democrat heavy than some of the others. It's also very small. Like it, yeah. as an example, there were 401 votes cast in that rate in that district within an, in an opposition race where both guys were working really hard. If you go down to uh, Ward Four, where uh, Aaron Dickin is, no competition, nobody, nothing at all. 575 votes cast in his ward. So there's right. a lot more yeah. voters on the south side of town in Ward Four than there are in that east. East side where where Cameron Graham's at. Uh, so yeah, John Phillips uh, he wound up with forty two percent of the vote. Uh, Jeff Hancock fifty seven percent in his race, so they reelected him. Uh, Mike Guffey his district very small uh, number of votes cast in there. Not a competitive race. Uh, he was the only one. Two hundred and forty votes cast there in the uh, in the three way city council at large. That was the one where you had to choose uh, your candidates individually because the Chip marking that Republican or Democrat wasn't going to matter. Uh, both the incumbents went back uh, and they won. So Rex Peckinpah had seventeen hundred votes. Lynn Purdue had fifteen sixty nine, uh, and then Ed Hill wound up with a thousand forty eight. So yeah, we think about. I know that I'm sure that you guys do the same. Even though I can't vote in these elections, I'm every time that we do a candidate series like this, I'm still thinking like, who would I vote for and things like that, and. The city council at large race. What a difficult decision that would have been to make. You know, we've all had all three of those guys. We've had some really good races, uh, both the city and the county level, where you go, "Yep, any of these folks would be fine for the yeah. you know be, be fine people to represent the community." And you've got Honestly, some really like, good options. Like pretty much all of them. At least that uh, the only episode that I wasn't here was the mayor's race, which I've really was you, bummed. You out did in protest, obviously. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> but they were all. Like, oh, Greg showed up. Dakota's not going to because he's been begging. Literally, I think it's in your bio. You've been trying to get Greg York to come in on the show, and then you weren't here for the interview <laughs> that you that you've waited seven years for. I got him on the Christmas walk last year. What if he doesn't run for re-election? Then you'll never have another chance. <laughs> this would be it. Uh, Mark Coger carried the day. Uh, Mark had 308 votes, so 61%. To Micah Mattingly, he's 197, which is 39% of the vote. Um, 
and then yeah, it was sixty forty. Uh, Clay Morgan one thousand seventy nine, and Greg York sixteen fifteen. Uh, and then the clerk treasurer race was pretty damn close. Uh, Ashley Huffman. This was the open seat, so yeah. Brenda Grider uh, retired. Um, I saw her this past weekend, by the way. And uh, Brenda's doing a purse drive right now. I think she's still doing some more charitable work um, at the moment. So get in touch with her if you want to be a part of that. I bet we'll hear a lot from Brenda. But uh, yeah, Brenda fifty five or Brenda's replacement will be Ashley fifty five point seven percent of the vote fourteen hundred eighty six to uh, the 1,182 that Corey Wayne Button had. That's a really strong showing. I know a lot of these folks are planning on running again uh, for other offices. Would not be surprised to see them come through here even next year uh, as we get into the county elections. Um, One thing that we did talk about quite a bit um, was straight ticket voting. And the number of straight ticket votes were surprising to me in that First of all, the Republicans actually had an advantage inside city limits. There were more Republican straight tickets cast than there were all in. I think Aaron Dickin posted it, it doubled. Yeah. So it was there were 723 of the 2,700 people that voted uh, cast straight ticket. So Are Republicans more likely to cast a straight ticket ballot? I would be interested to see that study. <clears throat> well, we can only work with what we have today. But 723... 723 divided by, uh, come on, Jeremiah, you had this, I, I actually typed this out, but I didn't get it into the uh, into the show notes, and I'm doing it on the fly again. But yeah, tw- so 26% of the people that showed up did straight ticket vote. We've done the research before, and it's been over 60%. Yeah. With the first year that those machines came into the county, you saw 60%, which once again goes back to the uh, the. The idea that Dakota had early that this was a high information election where people knew who they were voting for. They didn't go in. They didn't just choose the party. But you had people that went in and knew the candidates they wanted to vote for. And they were willing to go down the ticket and split it and look around and choose different names. I've, there, At least I knew of one house that is on a route I run frequently that has uh, very political signs or a fl- they fly a flag at their house that's very political not complimentary of the current um, president. And say, let's go, Brandon. No, it says is it, is it, it literally is, has the F word on is it. Is it an act? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but Doesn't they turn, had, they had Rex Peckinpah sign in the yard for this election. So like, that's somebody who I'm guessing, I think that, and I'll, I'll be honest. I'm thankful for it. Uh, I'm thankful. There's not any up ticket, Races, I think that the municipal elections standing on their own saved us from a lot of the blanket voting that people. Because I know I'm gonna I go know, in. I'm voting I'm, for Trump. That's I'm, it. I'm man. not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not making fun of people for something I haven't heard myself. But I've heard people walk in and be like, "How do I vote for Donald Trump?" And I've heard people say that, and they literally want the easiest way to get that vote done. And it's like, well, straight ticket. And I did hear. Um, I was not warned about it, but. Um, Maybe it's because they looked at me and said, this guy should know it better. He's younger enough. But, th- but I did hear one of the judges uh, that was helping people voting say, hey, by the way, if you vote straight ticket, you need to go f- go get this at-large city will, council seat because it. it will not vote for that. So that I did hear at least one person being warned about that. And I've heard them at times. They're not – I get they're not going to do it every time. Um, but I've heard of more people about the warning message you get when you don't vote straight ticket. It does tell you though, oh, this is an incomplete ballot or whatever. Now I do find that there was one person in the totals, 2,729 people 
cast of cast votes, one person cast a blank ballot. So that may have been your Trump voter who went in. It was mad because he wasn't on the ballot. Couldn't find, couldn't find his boy. Somebody cast a blank. <laughs> showed up and cast a blank just, ballot. Just showed up next, for the showed next, up for the sticker. Next, I had next, to vote twice because my ballot got chewed up by the machine the first time. Sounds like an irregularity to me. It did not scan though, so, so they, they, had, ma- they, they made had to reprint sure- one. What is this, made- Maricopa County? <laughs> they made sure it didn't scan. They said nope, it didn't scan, and then they. Uh, and said so they're like, okay, so they manually printed me out another ballot, and both of the judges had to sign it, and then I had to go vote again. So now I know I'm in, like, precinct 10 or something like that because I heard them repeat that to get my ballot created. But, yeah, so I got to vote twice, but only one count. Where did you choose to vote? The art. I always go to the art center. I'm, that's Yeah, that's always where I go. And that's actually, like, but I parked the, somewhere so I didn't have to walk past all. I was going to say, the art center seemed to be the place the hot that all spot. of the candidates hung out. Yes, I parked on the other side of the building, so I didn't have to see any of them. I mean, actually. they're all your friends. It was, it was, I know. But it wasn't like, glad-handed and slapping them on the back. No, and, hey, I did, Zach. I, I did run into... Ready for your new position in the administration? Hey, uh, yeah. hey, Zach, you, you notice we paved all the roads around you, right? You're, uh, you're, yeah. ready, you're good to vote now? Oh, oh well, okay. I'm going to... I will mention something that I know that Jeremiah has forgotten about. Jeremiah got very fired up about. Um, that I was a witness to. Now, if you remember... The I was at the city council meeting the night before the election. Yeah. And citing that they could have done this earlier, but they waited because the paper wouldn't pick it up till after the election. The city council voted to give all the city employees a $500 bonus slash this, raise. This was on the Monday night before the, the election. The Monday night before the election. Like less than 12 hours before the election. And I was like sitting there like, I think I sent, I sent in the wrong chat. There are many, if you get involved with the We Are Libertarians Network, there are many, many chats. And I sent in the wrong chat, but Jeremiah was watching apparently from home and picked up on immediately as well. But I did find it was a little bit like, part of me was amused because it's a flex to do that. I mean, like, if you can do it, I guess do it. Is it shady? Yeah. To say that you're not buying votes, saying that the paper won't pick it up, but you know that every city employee knew about that race before they we live in a world of social media where i was sitting at home and i saw it on my television it's it's also just the fact that it's not something that i don't think that most people like i work in a government office if something like a statement like that happens and it gets to one person in the building it's one person everybody's gonna know by lunch so it was it was a first the first reading. They did not suspend their rules and go ahead and do it instantaneously. No. But But basically they couldn't because they put it they pushed it onto the agenda that night. It was not on the original agenda for the evening. So I don't think that they could have broken the rules or it's just they call suspend the rules because of the fact that it was not original on the agenda. Somebody can correct me, I could be wrong on that, but I I, think I will say that I'm able to do that. When it, it, it is, you know, the voters voted the way they did, and it is what it is. But when one campaign has been talking about backroom deals and shady whatever happening, and then the day before the election, you decide you're going to give the city city employees a $500 raise the night before. Yeah. And that's that is not helping the case. Um, it was, it was an un, a bit of an city, unforced error. Hadn't most of the city employees, or at least their unions, already endorsed? Greg York, uh, some had. I think so. Yeah. There were there were different unions but, on but, either side. But the so city council really even but matter uh, for the mayor's race. Probably not because 
there had been some uh, some tension between some of the current city employees. But for some of the city council races, maybe in in the person who introduced the idea or introduced it to the council at the time was uh, running in an at large seat. It was Rex Peckinpah was the one that introduced it. So that some of them, you never know. Like, look, this guy voted for us. So I, I don't know. It might have entrenched the current administration in with the current employees. But I just recalled that, and I was like, oh, I, Jeremiah not, really wanted this brought up if we had a show last week. I'm not m- mad that they that they gave the employees a, 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 a raise uh, whatsoever. I think that, that's fantastic. The funniest part the, about the was timing of it. The timing is, and the presentation of, well, we could have done this a long time ago, but we didn't want to seem like we were doing we we're buying votes. And it won't make the paper till after, after the election. It won't the election. The paper is irrelevant. The, the like, paper with us. Look I, at the election. I don't want to make a joke the about votes, the circulation. Yeah, the votes you're buying are not. The people get the paper. It's the people whose bosses are sitting in the chairs around the council at the time. And even if it doesn't get passed, which it couldn't get passed that night, it's there. Well, and the night before the election, night before who is going to vote no or say this is wrong or this is not wise to do. I mean, who's going to, who's going to sit there and say no the day before the election in in retrospect or have even have the, even have the conversation and not come off sounding like a total, especially when potentially 27 voters could make or break in, in retrospect. Yeah. In retrospect too, there was, and somebody, like I said, some, I know Mike Guffey's in the chat. He could correct me. There was a, a, a motion brought up early in the year about putting up, a fee schedule essentially for EMS service. So currently separate from the shenanigan election stuff with the non-emergent transfers, they're talking about charging people for EMS trans like EMS calls, like when you call nine one one and that got tabled and has never been brought back up. And I was like, Oh, this got tabled because it's an election year and they don't want to touch it before an election. They don't want to be the ones that make EMS service cost money, even though, Anybody who's in 2023 understands that's eventually going to have to happen. It's like one of those weird things that like you were fortunate to have for them to have made it last as long as it did. There are realities coming just there, as we heard yeah, from the mayor there, I mean, last on the last show where they're probably going to have a spousal carve out change. Things change with health yeah, insurance. Things, right? things have to like that stuff's getting more and more expensive. And then what I mean, and then what's they're dealing with is insurance is paying out less and less for some of this stuff. And so dealing with that. But that was something that was like negative tabled hasn't been heard of. And very quickly, and this popped up. I just thought, like I said, to me, it was part of me. It was like, politically, it doesn't look great. But at the same time, I kind of like, well, if you can do that, it's kind of hilarious on on some level. It is a flex to bit to to do that and to act like you're. So, so I, um, I, I furiously did all this math recalculating in my hand. I, I typed it in my calculator two or three times. I had put it in the show notes. I didn't look in the one place I should have looked to see that I, I had already that, done the work. I had already laid out the breadcrumbs. It was done. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you were calculating something else. That no. You said, yeah, 26%. I'm like, yeah, it's on the show notes. <laughs> if you're a Patreon member, you would have known well before Jeremiah calculated it. You could have known that I had already done the math four hours ago. Mini split tickets. Oh, I'm an idiot. All right. So let's let's look at national stuff. Do you guys know we got an election coming up? Like this, There's no break at all. They they will be filing. So this is this is a week before Thanksgiving. The filing window opens up for running for Congress, running for state house, running for county governor. commissioner, governor. All of this stuff. Governor people are running already. Uh, Sheriff Sproles uh, had a video out today. Eric Doden, who's uh, one of the five or six absolute uh, monster 
monster GOP candidates running for the open uh, governor seat. Uh, our sheriff was, was in Listen, an attack at today. We want to try to get Eric on this show. Don't call him a monster. <laughs> no, there there are there are like five giants of Indiana politics that want to be governor. It's that that race is going to be unbelievable. I don't know who Eric Doden is. Uh, he's a rich guy. Uh, business connected, aren't they all? Uh, he's <laughs> big money. They're on. They're on TV already. I like. It's not. I, it's fifty one. Fifty weeks away from the election, and they are already on TV. My, the the primary is in May. My kids almost entirely control the television, and when they don't, I turn on something that's on a streaming service. I have never been so excited to not watch network television my entire life. I think I only saw, like, saw with my eyes on TV two Indianapolis mayor's ads at all. I heard a bunch of radio ads because I listened to the radio for like a stint in the morning. And yeah, I'm not looking. For, that's the worst part. You just get so tired of seeing the same ads over and over again. So I'm, I'm excited to not watch network television some more so I can not see these ads. So national politics, by the way, Eric, uh, George Santos announced today he's not running for re-election. That this news comes out, the ethics probe comes comes about. That's if he's even this, still in Congress this, this to run dude, for re-election. This dude is got elected in November of last year. He took office in January. I'm watching the news comes out today, at, and Sarah and I have the TV on, and she's like, "God, that guy, he's so he's, funny." He, uh, <laughs> he's hilarious. This story's been going on he's, since what 2020. I said no. He just became a congressman in January. Yeah. He made it ten months, and he's dom- he's like had seven he's, news he's, cycles. He's going to be expelled. I mean, he's he stands a chance of being. I don't know. He, the last time a congressman was his expelled, life, his life since Congress has been like an Arrested Development. Yes, TV. Well, he's episode. He's kind of living. And for totally different reasons, whatever he's living like the Trump thing, but in a compressed like it took Trump got drug out over years and years, whatever it's going to be turned into a ten year old ordeal. Santos crammed it all in because immediately he got elected, and they picked apart his life. He had lied about his life. Apparently, he had used all kinds he was, of stuff. He was using campaign donations to go buy personal clothing, high end New York City clothing. Yeah, he was subscribing to uh, I don't know what style accounts on OnlyFans, but he was using he was <laughs> buying OnlyFans accounts. With campaign donations, his uh, his campaign treasurer has already pled guilty to stuff. I mean, it's it's bad. He just it's bad. So he he announced today that he will not be seeking reelection. Yeah, and I've I've uh, promoted uh, Jeff Jackson's uh, Instagram feed before. He's a congressman from North Carolina, and he does a good job of not politicizing, but just kind of laying out what was going on. Because he'd said. He had voted for him to get a due process. He's like, I'm going to vote to expel him now that I know. But he's like, I'm going to give him the chance. He's like, because due process is important. And then the minute the, minute the report came out, he's like, I'm done. Yep, he's got his due process. It's I'm going to vote to expel him. But this, yeah, this guy, he, did, I don't know if he had any point in this guy's decision to run for Congress, how he ran for Congress, and since he got elected to Congress, if at any point he chose the correct decision in any decision he made at any point like he literally was like a choose your own path and he chose the wrong path at every single that's why he's been so fun that's why i'm kind of disappointed he's not seeking real the ride is over the ride is over and because he's just like a congressman he has no power so he's not getting anything done well the problem is that he is a joke yeah so he's just he's the head clown yeah it's just let's mind as well make it funny so there's there's a three vote majority for the republicans he beat a Democrat. 
it, it was very advantageous. And it was a miracle that he won the seat. So when he gets thrown out, they're not going to get a Republican back in. That's no. <laughs> going to be like you lose a half of a vote when he's gone. You're going to lose a vote completely when they're, when somebody comes back through. It might be one of those situations where we're like 75 or 80 years old, and that's when the next Republican gets elected. And they point out, this is the first Republican to get elected to this seat since George Santos <laughs> shamed, shamed the office in, the, in 2022, 2023. So, yeah. Amazing. Santos was one of the people that elect that uh, that helped get Kevin McCarthy uh, the speakership on seventeen or eighteen votes. Um, one of the representatives who helped to throw Kevin McCarthy out was this guy named Tim Burchett, uh, who's a Tennessee Knoxville Tennessee area uh, congressman. Representative Burchett is uh, pretty new to town, uh, first first termer I believe, first second term, uh, and we have some audio because apparently. In the uh, deep in the bowels of the Capitol, Representative Burchett was walking one way down the hallway, Zach, and the former now former speaker that uh, Burchett had helped to get thrown out. uh, Allegedly, he punched him right in the kidneys. This is the audio you need right now. This is yeah. This is the uh, this is clean shot to the kidneys. Yes. Here we go. Okay. The hallways with Congressman Tim Burchett, who is one of the live eight on Republicans who voted yeah. out Kevin McCarthy from the speakership and apparently had a bit of a dust up in the hallways himself with Kevin McCarthy. And I have Congressman Burchett with us here right now. So, Congressman, explain to us what happened with you and Kevin McCarthy. Well, I was doing an interview um, with um, Claudia from NPR, uh, a lovely lady, and she was asking me a question. And, and at that time, I uh, got elbowed in the back. And it kind of caught me off guard because it was a clean shot to the kidneys. And I turned back, and there was there was Kevin, and um, and I, I for a minute I was kind of what the heck just happened. And then I, um, you know, I, I chased after him. Of course, he's a, <laughs> as I've stated many times, he's a he's a bully with seventeen million dollars in a security detail. You know, he's the type of guy that when you're a kid would throw a rock over the fence and run home and hide behind his mama's skirt. And he just, you know, he he. Uh, from behind that kind of stuff it, you know, that's not the way we handle things in East Tennessee we, we, if we have a problem with somebody I'm going to look them in the eye and, and talk to them okay so he walked down the hallway hit you in his el- with his elbow yeah. you, you, then- can, you can go on Claudia's Twitter account it, it, it pretty much um, or X account it, right. it, it's, it's very accurate but, okay so then just explain so you chased him what, what do you mean you chased well, him I just ran after him I was like what the heck you know why'd you do that you know because it was a uh, like I said, it, if you've ever been hit in the kidneys, it's a little little different. You don't have to hit very hard to cause a little bit of pain, a lot of pain. And and so I, and he just, of course, um, as I he love, always did, does. He just, I love that he said, addressing this journalist who's, I can just hear in his voice, he's got the softest hands I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> if he ever been hit in the kidneys. He also, so the nobody's missing the visualization, is wearing a four-pocket Carhartt jacket. Like it's old too. It's like it's gray. It's no longer tan. Like he's repping the like I'm a working class guy. He's got a suit on underneath it, but yeah, that's hilarious. He's kind of guy that throws a rock over the fence and goes and runs home and hides behind his mom. I knew he was going to say his mom. He said his mom is skirt, and I was like, oh, that's even better. (laughs) So, so that this happened all. This all happened the same day this week. I think it was uh, yes Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, this all happens. That's on the House side. On the Senate side, there's uh, Bernie Sanders re- has the Labor Committee. So he's the chairman. The, the voices you're going to hear, you're going to hear Bernie Sanders. He's the Labor Committee chairman. You're going to hear uh, the fellow named Mark Wayne Mullen, who's uh, 
he's a Gen Xer, so he's he's 48 years old from Oklahoma. He's a former MMA fighter who is now the senator from Oklahoma. Uh, he won a special election, and then the uh, the third person in the uh, in the conversation is the guy that is in charge of the Teamsters for the U.S. Okay, so he it's uh, da, 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 what is his name? I want to get the name right here. Um, and apparently, they had a little bit of a dust up uh, previously. A couple uh, guy named O'Brien. Okay. Uh, Sean O'Brien, who's the uh, who's the Teamsters chief. Man, that sounds like a union chief's name, doesn't it? Paul, yeah. So that's a dude who rolls up with six of his his cousins. And 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 what <laughs> happened? So o- O'Brien testified back in the spring and made fun of Senator Mullen for standing on during a speech. He had a picture, and Senator Mullen apparently isn't the tallest guy in the world. So he has short man syndrome. He was standing on an apple box, essentially, which is exactly out of Veep. If you ever watched the TV show Veep on HBO, same thing happened. So he was pictured trying to be taller on an apple box. They got got in a a spat on Twitter. Uh, And then when he gets his chance, Senator Mullen, uh, this is this is what ensues. And this is a long clip. We can stop and jump in or whatever. But I want to make sure you get the full context, because this may as well be an SNL skit. Here we go. As everybody knows, and it's here in the last time, him and I kind of had a back and forth. I appreciate your demeanor today. It's quite different. But after you left here, you got pretty excited about the keyboard. In fact, you tweeted at me one, two, three, four, five times. And let me read what the last one said. Um, It said, greedy CEO who pretends like he's self-made. Sir, I wish you was in the truck with me when I was building my plumbing company myself. And my wife was running the office because I sure remember working pretty hard in long hours. Pretends like he's self-made. What a clown. Fraud. Always has been. Always will be. Quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me. Any place, any time, cowboy. (laughs) Sir, this is a time, this is a place. If you want to run your mouth, we can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. <laughs> you want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up. Then. They start standing you stand up. your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, hold, stop it. Is that your solution? Every poll. No, no. Sit down. Sit down. Okay. You know, you're a United States senator. Sit down. Active. Oh, okay, okay. Sit down, please. All right. Can I respond? Mr. Hold Shen. it. Hold it. If hold we can't. No, I have the mic. Said. I'm sorry. This is hold what it. he said. You'll have your time. Okay. Can I respond? Oh, no, you can't. <laughs> this is a hearing. <laughs> God knows the American people have enough of contempt for Congress. Let's not I don't like thugs and bullies. You, you well, I don't like it. First of all, poor Bernie. <laughs> you know that moments after this is over, he's like, I'm too old for this, this crap. Is, this is going to go everywhere. My day is ruined. Nobody's going to pay a damn bit of attention. And Dakota can't see the video. I think Zach has it. If you watch the guys behind him in the video, they've got all of these labor guys. There's a UPS fellow and a couple other guys. As this back and forth is happening, they are losing their shit trying to. They know they're on camera, but they cannot contain the laughter. So as you and I know you can't generally judge a book by its cover, and this guy might be shorter. The senator, his like shirt looks like he's about to blow the (laughs) buttons out with his neck and his chest. Like you can tell, this dude spends a significant amount of time. He's an MMF, literally an MMF fighter. Yeah, the Teamsters president does not. 
look like he, he no he just looks like a bulldog he looks like he looks like he's got he's got security that he hires to run looks around like with he's him. a teamsters president for yeah he doesn't have to worry about he doesn't get his hands dirty like and th- these t- oh man be fun to see him fight but right. like yeah but poor bernie though and is you just hear him come in and he's just like wait 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 <laughs> all right push play i love it can i speak no no you cannot <laughs> you could you just describe yourself hold it you have the mic yeah. you have time all right just say then let's do this because i did challenge you and i accepted your challenge and you went quiet no, I didn't go quiet. I was. No, I was. No, no, you no, challenged no. me to a cage match, no, no, acting no, no. like a twelve-year-old schoolyard bully. Excuse Sir, me. Hold it. No, excuse me. I, have I the will mic. say. I will say exactly. Senator Mullen, I have the mic. You have questions on any economic issues, anything that's like, go for it. We're not here to talk about physical abuse. You brought. We're not talking about. <laughs> of course, and, I and let me tell, let me show you his hearing because I want to. I want to expose this thug. To who he is. And you're not pointing at me. That's disrespectful. I, I, I don't care. I get a real Jim Lucas vibe. I don't respect, respect you at all. So all right, hold it. Hold it. No, I'm sorry. You don't want to hold it. The most hold it, please. Acted. Please. All right. This is a, excuse me. Mm-hmm. This is a hearing to discuss economic issues. All right. If you have questions like a kindergarten with Mr. Teacher. O'Brien or anybody else on what he has said, go for it. I mean, but we're not here to talk about I'm pretty sure O'Brien was the name of the guy. I'm quoting exactly what he George said. Say what you want. This, this is your, this is your witness. You brought. And let me, I'm, I'm exposing him. You can ex- as talk anything you want. Right? So in, no 2013, fight. in 2013, no O'Brien fighting. was suspended by the Teamsters for intimidating your own members. In 2014, uh, you were um, part of, what would you say, organizing the harassment and intimidation of the top shelf crew? Chef, not uh, chef. Oh, top, oh, top, top chef. Okay. Oh, yeah, it was and a then, TV show, uh, Top Shelf. Top Shelf food with Top Chef. Racist and homophobic slurs and death threats. 14 tires were sliced. That's just and business five for teamsters there. were arrested. And you said, well, I had nothing to do with it. But however, in that same statement, you said, but if I get called to testify, I'll plead the fifth. This is, this is, what, this is a witness you brought in here. In 2017, you were removed as lead negotiator by then-President Hoffa for UPS for your actions. And then in 22, when this guy was elected, what he said after he got elected was he wanted to bring the mob mentality back to the Teamsters. This is your guy. And you're obviously going to give him a chance to respond to your question. Absolutely, absolutely, because this is my question. Because you called me out. I didn't call you out. You said any time, any place. That's, that's that. Let's get the record okay. straight. Just hold it. No. Hold on. Just, <laughs> is still just yeah. Okay. Let's let's hear it. So, anytime, any place. No, that's April, not. April is a charity event. <laughs> no, that's or, not. That's no, not. No. No. It's a, he, no. Bernie is sounding like Larry David. Right he now. is here to tell. No. He will not do your wrestling match. No, you're not going to. We're not going to be talking about physical confrontation. Oh, this is a charity for a union charity because this is firefighters. You have a question on his testimony. April. You have a question on his. Let's not be. You said it. You're embarrassed. You said it. I'm just simply answering it. You mean? Go hold it. Hold it. I, Senator Mullen, you made some charges. charges. Mr. Mr. O'Brien, do you want to respond to yeah, go the ahead, question? Please. Yeah, I mean, look, the reality of it is, you Except know, my Mr. Mr. Tough Mullen, guy. tough guy. Answer, <laughs> hold it. Answer the questions. All right, you don't want, if I, he, he made a lot of statements, right? And his statements are fiction at best. Fiction, I read them. What? <laughs> oh, answer the question. Children. Mocking children. 
He rambles so much. What was your question, actually? Well, you said I made a lot of statements. No, but what's your question? I don't understand your question. Could you repeat it? You said it doesn't get much better from here. It is, it's just, yeah. I, I think there may be another minute or so left, but now it's, it's just a little bit more bickering from there. We can, we can cut it. Somebody's going to end up buried underneath the football field. <laughs> Hoffa's name came up. I know there's a higher. No, like, <laughs> he said he wanted to bring the mob mentality back to the Teamsters. It's crazy. So, Senator uh, Mark Wayne uh, Mullen did not back off after the fact either he basically was like yeah that's how we do it in oklahoma you don't uh he was he was playing we we've gotten beyond trying to actually legislate with any of this stuff now it's I, it's just who can raise money off this right yeah and that's what it's going to be is i'm i'm a fighter i'm no, fighting for you know i'm what? fighting for oklahoma I am on senator mullen's side of course because you, you know what People run their mouths so much on social media. He, he, he's calling you're a keyboard going, cowboy out. You're yeah. going to keep on talking shit on social media constantly because you're behind a keyboard. And now guess what? You get to sit here and listen to me talk. We are face to face. You're a United States Senator, Dakota Davis. We don't do that. Mr. Mullen, Senator Mullen is a former MMA fighter. He's used to battering people's faces. And he said, you want to talk? Let's talk, buddy. Yeah. The guy, the guy tweeted at him and said, "Any place, any time." Yeah, he and he's like, "You know what?" Look, so after the fact, we're both here now, buddy. Uh, O'Brien said, "I'm in for a cup of coffee. I just want to sit down and talk." That's that was what he that was the, that uh, was what he said at the end. Yeah, I, yeah. I just want a cup of coffee. I don't know what the hell your problem is. There needs to be more of that in today's society, not less. <laughs> more of it. physical violence. No, there needs to be more of You're calling you talk, people out for what they say on social yeah. media. Yeah. Yeah, you want to act like a jackass? Well, guess what? You're going to get beat like one. I'm guessing, though, that, that the Teamsters president wouldn't go into any fight alone. I'm going to say the Teamsters president's going to get a bonus. He didn't, he didn't, oh, look, he sure. didn't look intimidated or anything. He's, he's Is this not, the guy that was wearing the Eat the Rich shirt on Twitter? I don't know about that. I don't know. That's, uh, I don't know. Because there was... I, Someone during the negotiations with UPS, when all of that was going down, he was he made a video explaining some stuff, and he had an Eat the Rich t-shirt on. I can't confirm or deny that side. I don't know that answer, uh, but I will let you. I will let you get back and research it. Just Google O'Brien Eat the Rich. The uh, the last item, the last segment that I wanted us to get into today. The uh, did you guys get up early Sunday morning to watch some football? To watch some Indianapolis Colts in Germany? Nope. So they were on the uh, the national TV. the uh, The Colts were the were, were the uh, second of the German games. Uh, Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, they played the Patriots, and is this him? Yes, that is the guy. That is okay. the guy. So he was wearing the Etheridge T-shirt. I'm going to send this to you, Zach, so you can post it in the comments. Sorry, go ahead with the Colts in Germany. So the Colts went to Germany, and the first game that they the NFL played in Germany was uh, was last year, and uh, the local reports said that it was a seventy seven million dollar impact in uh, in Germany for the, for the local economy by coming over there. Um, and I Inga Neal, who's a, a good friend, good friend of the program, runs Temptations, great local restaurant here, said, "Hey, we're wasting." 
I think that is a different guy, Dakota. You're right. They look very similar, but it's okay. not. It's not the same fellow. Um, yeah, it says UAW in the background. Yeah, it would be Teamsters. Inga said, "Hey, we need to we need to stop going overseas with football. Nobody asked for this. We need to. We should just donate this money to charity." And I was like, mm, "It makes sense because they're going over there. They're 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 growing the pool, right? the The thought is that this makes economic sense. There's there's all these people that are buying tickets and they're trying to create a new market for the NFL to go to Europe. So they've been going to. Were they playing a German team? No, they no. played they played the New England Patriots. Yeah, they play them in a German what? stadium. That doesn't make any sense." No, they started doing the London game. It's an international series. What I would equate this to is back in the day, IndyCar it's would go to national life. football league. Yeah, but but there, it's a global thing. It's, it's money. It's, it's 100% eventually, money. Eventually, they're going to try to locate a team, team in Europe. Yeah, probably in London or something to start out. Um, they're getting paid. So, like, it's not – the money won't go to charity because the money won't exist. Like, but back in the day, IndyCar would go to Australia for a race. The Gold Coast. The Gold Coast. Some, the promoter in Australia wrote a big fat check. 20, 30 million bucks. They would fly cover all the, the entire cost of loading an entire series up into back in the day, back when I remember it was, it was FedEx planes because it was the FedEx champ car or whatever. Load them all up. They make a big, FedEx could make a big deal out of look at how cool this is. We pack all these cars up. But the money existed because they went there. If they don't go there, then the money doesn't exist. So there's no money to donate. And the NFL is making like they're getting paid for the tv rights they're probably getting a chunk of the ticket revenue for that um they what they did is they carved out by by doing an nfl game in europe you created an extra tv window because yeah, normally the morning they, room, they, yeah. yeah they come on at 9 30 in the morning we got the craig DeCosta experience the hawaii wake up in yeah. hawaii and yeah, watch, they, watch yeah. a football game at 9 a.m um because the colts were on at nine and we were done by 12 o'clock Twelve thirty, it was over, and you could you had your entire day, your entire Sunday afternoon to go watch more football or yeah, go do whatever you wanted yeah, to do. Yeah, it was done before the one o'clock games came on. Exactly. Uh, so what they did by by going further east, they created they now have a four game window, uh, so they can do that seven or eight times a year uh, for the for this Europe series. It creates an additional national TV game, uh, and what it does is it also gets the fans over there to start picking teams. London has kind of become the pseudo home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. They played two games, a game or two a year there for, I think the last five or six years. So Jacksonville goes over constantly, but what what do they call football over there? uh, It's, it's the NFL. It's football. They, they just call it football. It's American football is what they call it. Um, And that, so watching the broadcast, there were two things that happened. They, they love the American music. So they were playing, um, there's some weird country roads by John Denver yes. and the entire crowd is singing along <laughs> like they're, they're they all know the song and then they did uh um uh, it's very big in Boston right but uh Sweet Caroline mm. they were doing Sweet Caroline and then the music stopped and the Colts were on offense they came out of a TV break you get this giant the whole crowd singing it the crowd didn't stop when the music stopped so the Colts were on offense and the entire crowd is doing the ba 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 the whole thing as Gardner Minshew is running for his life, trying to trying to yeah. escape, uh, they were they were the crowd was completely into the atmosphere of it, not really caring that much about some of the the yeah. stuff that was on the field. So I did the quick math, I looked it up, and you're talking about the extra TV window. The NFL makes seven point three billion dollars per year on TV money. That's how much they get Still? paid. Yes, 
They well, are. They, they are the undisputed kings of television. Yeah, because they are. The, they got two things going for them. One, everybody watches, and two, everybody watches live. Nobody watches on delay, so the commercial value is tremendous. See, so yeah, but they make seven point three billion dollars per year off television deals, and they have their own network. So that game was on the NFL Network. So they own the network. They get paid by the cable companies to drop. To, to carry it, to carry right? Network. And, and they get to sell the ads to do it. So they they are not they're giving nothing up whatsoever. And, and it's home produced. And I guarantee you they're getting like ticket, they're getting part of the ticket revenue and they're getting and the merch. All, all the money off the TV shop, you know, NFL shop for selling jerseys and all that stuff to all those people at a premium probably over what it costs the United States because you know they're not covering shipping on that. Yeah. I and one I think one of the reasons the Colts went over was that Bernard Ryman, who's an offensive lineman for the Colts, He's from Austria, right next door. So he had like 18 family members who went there, so they could market the hell out of Bernard. They had the Colts have another German board player who was unfortunately injured, uh, but they found teams that market well over there. And then you also had people that traveled over. You know, the, I know there were some people from Indianapolis, a lot of folks from Indianapolis that hopped on planes and said, "Hey, let's do a week in Europe and wrap it up with the Colts." Do they have smaller teams? Like, so we have a the Indy Fuel right for soccer. Do they have anything like that? Over there used, there like once a, was an NFL Europe, uh, and actually the commissioner was uh, Andrew Luck's father uh, of NFL Europe. But it, it's that project was abandoned they, because people don't want to go over and watch a feeder series. They want to have the top-end deal. So instead of having a bunch of local teams, because instead of having a team in Barcelona and a team in, you know, in, in Munich or whatever, they say, yeah, hey, no, we'll just bring over our top teams, and you can go – you know, you can get on a train and go between Frankfurt or London or wherever, uh, and you could go to seven or eight NFL home games. That's as many as you'd have in Indianapolis, right? You have you have seven or eight home games a year, maybe nine, uh, in an NFL city. Basically, that's what London has now, and they've just it's like an all star cast of people rolling through. What was the game like? Was were the did the players seem like they were in regular shape? Yeah. So two weeks ago, the week before the the first the first Germany game, they had an absolute barn burner. I think it was the Dolphins and the Chiefs and it was a great touchdowns back and forth, back and forth. The Colts and the Patriots are not exactly the uh, the top shelf uh, yeah, the product shirt, of the, the NFL. The spear. Uh, so it was great watching Bill Belichick lose on national TV. Uh, but oh, it, was, it was fine. Yeah, the Colts won the game. Yeah, yeah first time. They've only beaten the Patriots I think twice since like 2009. It's It's been a long time. The Patriots are awful and they say that, that might be the beginning the Patriots like, benched their starting quarterback with two minutes to go. Yeah. They it was, said it might be the beginning of the end for Bill wow. Belichick. Like he, yeah. at minimum, might lose his GM status with the team, and they probably will, will agree to part ways at the end of the year. This, they're like two and seven or something. They're terrible. Yeah, they are the uh, they are the second worst team in the NFL right now. All right, Dakota, we've been talking about the how, Detroit Lions. How, no, the Detroit Lions are great. They're first place. That was just for Christy. Christy Avery's or, or Christie's. Uh, Lions are like favored to win on Thanksgiving Day for the first time in forever. Um, we've been talking about where they're making a little bit of money in football. You want to talk about where they waste some money in football? Does the name Jimbo Fisher sound familiar to you, D squared? Uh, no. So Jimbo Fisher was the uh, was the head coach of Texas A and M uh, from 2018 to 2023. He just got fired in season. Uh, he he was the Florida State head coach. He's he's got a, a great uh, great record. Uh, 
coming into it, but it didn't work out as well as they would have hoped there at uh, at Texas A and M, which is not exactly the world's greatest school. They are like they they are. I think they've had one. Let's see here. He, he got to coach to 2018 through 2023. His best season at Texas A&M, they went 9-1. and one. All right? They're, but they're not like a perennials. They're not Georgia. They're not, they're not Alabama. They're not one of the greatest teams in football. He is getting paid to not do his job an incredible number. Yeah, you've got it on the thing here. I've got, I've got the breakdown of how it actually works out. So previously, the largest buyout, right? You've got a contract and it's guaranteed money. The largest buyout previously in college football head coaching history was Gus Malzahn from Auburn, uh, $21 million. And then like 12 years ago, Charlie Weiss was the head coach of uh, Notre Dame, and he got paid $18 million not to coach anymore. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, Zach, what do you got? He is going to get paid a total of $76 million to not coach. He gets nineteen point two five million due within sixty days of them firing him. They owe him another seven million within one hundred and twenty days of his firing. So they owe him; they're going to owe him twenty six million dollars between now and like March. Um, this is a public school, a public yeah. university. His assistant coaches are getting a combined eight million dollar buyout, but then he's going to get another seven million every year. Through twenty thirty one, like this the makes greatest, the Bobby Bonilla deal look like nothing. This is what the I greatest unemployment is ever. Why fire him? Why not just make him do something? Because okay, you just want to listen, man. You're going mean, to teach shop because it's all the shop. Sa- it's all the same to them. They're going to pay him whether or not. So they might as well. And there is no. You're going to be our new water boy, Jim. There though. is no uh, like contingency. Like he gets another job. That does not offset. So sometimes they'll put in the in contract. In the NFL, if you if you go get another job, then they, they the team not, doesn't have to pay you. Yeah, anymore. they can stop paying you. There's no he so he can go get another job. He he could go coach still, they still own Auburn and 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 make seven million dollars a year he, there. He could in theory go he should go get a job for a team that plays them and he could go co- he could be he could be paid by their team to coach against them in a game. That would be like the ultimate win. Yeah, yeah but good. 76 and then I saw an article that the uh Power 5 there's in the last it's more than so it's, uh so between his contract is the most half of this but between him and the coach from Auburn, Nebraska, Georgia Tech, Wisconsin, wherever since 2022 uh these teams owe coaches 146 million dollars for buyouts. There's Here's been a lot of thing. lot of talk about IU needing to make a change. Tom Allen who's from Newcastle. He has a huge buyout. Yeah. Uh if IU makes a change, they would be second on that list. And I don't understand. So in theory, so the, so the so guy's he's, from he's from Newcastle. Yeah. The guy that's the IU head coach is. Yeah, current um, for football. For yeah, Jimbo okay. Fisher is from West Virginia, but yeah, Tom Allen, the IU yeah. head coach, is a Newcastle graduate. What I don't understand about the Jimbo Fisher situation too is you just you told us that he had a, a storied pass of going. He was coaching at different places, mm-hmm. obviously. He wasn't having great luck. Uh, I mean, he, this Otherwise is his second head coaching job. I, I'm pretty sure that Texas A&M lured him away. He uh, and uh, he was he had one down season at uh, at Florida State. He was ten and three, and then he, they won the Orange Bowl. Then next huh. year he went five and six, and uh, said never mind. And Texas A&M hired him. 
Uh, first three years, he won the Gator Bowl. He won the Texas Bowl. He won the Orange Bowl. They then made the Gator Bowl the next year, uh, and he hasn't had a bowl berth since. Head coaching record is uh, 128 and 48 overall. So 45 and 25 at uh, Texas A&M. The thing that I don't understand is, so is his contract through 2031? Yeah. See, who hires, like, how many coaches in, how many coaches in any sport have, in the current era, have that many, have more than five years of it? I mean, like, the Mike Krzyzewskis of the world are not, those aren't around that much anymore. So to sign any coach for a nearly 15-year contract is absolutely insane. Well, what these guys do, these schools, say, some of these schools have that short man complex as well, short man syndrome, uh, where you, you know you're not Texas. So you have to overpay. You have to overcommit to bring in what you perceive to be top-end talent. It's like in, in racing to say, hey, um, we this, are this we're, the we're, same we're, school that brought in Bob Knight. Texas Tech. That was Texas Tech. Oh, Texas Tech. Okay. Same, uh, same con- yeah, same. Not They're not the Longhorns. But we could say, yeah, they, yeah they're not. Yeah, they're not. I'm trying to think of the the racing analogy. It would be like somebody like Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan racing. Somebody that's good but not championship caliber and saying, "Look, I Scott Dixon, I know we need you. We will pay you guaranteed money for the next 6 years to drive our car. We're going to give you 10 million dollars a year for the next 6 years to drive our car. Period. No matter what. And then if he sucks and you just cannot it is non-functional and he's not getting anything done, it two years in, you've got to pay him the you got to pay him the last fifty million dollars of his deal, no matter what. That's that's kind of, that's what basically what they've done is that you're trying to bring in somebody that is maybe a level or two above you. You're outperforming what your status is, um, and then you get to the back end. You know, you get to where it didn't work out, and now you're hosed, completely hosed. It it kind of bothers me. I can't understand. It's so much money now. Here's the other thing that happens is that it's really not the university that's paying the money. Boosters pay it. It's yeah. It, so at IU, it is. If you go look at Indiana University now, it's the you know the Simon families involved. I believe that there's a car dealer involved as well. Uh, I think both Purdue and IU have have significant car dealerships involved in, in as a booster. So you've got some people that have local deep pockets that usually end up paying for some of these coaches it still runs through the university and you know you if you look at the, the highest paid person on the you know on the, on the public records for the state of indiana it's a football it's probably a basketball it's, or football yeah, coach usually basketball coach. yeah you can that's a fun map to look up say so who's the highest paid public employee in every state and then like in the midwest it's the usually the basketball coach and then when you go to the SEC states down in the southeast, it's the football, it's coaches. The football coaches in Texas is the football coach. And so you can kind of look at which co- which college sports the most popular because that coach will be the highest paid public employee in the state. It's insane. There's like two states where it's like a doctor or something, like somebody who you'd actually think to be making all the money. $77 million impact to play an NFL game in Europe. $77 million is what it takes for Jimbo Fisher to go away. The numbers are perfect. It took it took one NFL game to pay for Jimbo Fisher. The most expensive thing in the history of the world. Boop, done. The NFL covers it in, in, in three hours. Good for him. I mean, just like he got them to sign that. Yeah, right. That's There's no shame, Zach. You're not, all, you don't feel disappointed that. when you get fired and you, well, bye. 
Uh, no. And he bought, he probably bought a house six years ago and it doubled in value too. Yeah. All right, guys, I'm going to move to the yeah. mountains. Which is, it's, it's insane. <laughs> his, his $2 million house is worth six. Just how fickle some like college programs are about with their coaches. Like they used to immediately turn on them. And there's, I mean, what's, there's so few that actually managed to stay. Like Nick Saban's probably worth every penny that Alabama pays him because they've been in the top five perennially the entire time I've been aware. I mean, I bet they've had a down year here or there, but it's it's like you know how up and down the sports are, and yet you offer a guy a fourteen year contract that you're that five years in you're done with them, and now you owe him seventy six million dollars somebody point out that one of the reasons he's as popular as he was there is because and he never even played for him is that Jamius winston james winston james is like a friend of the program and spends a lot of time there but they point out that jimbo fisher's buyout is more than he is than james has made his entire career so far <laughs> he's making more he's making more money not coaching than an nfl player Jameis Winston uh, noted for stealing in, when he was in college playing for Jimbo. Uh, he was just he was arrested for stealing crab legs out of a uh, out of a grocery store. Crab legs. Wait, that, that's a, if you want some random he information. Of, like, little uh, dumb, he, yeah, he did something. He was got in trouble for like the dumbest little like stuff. that was just like, why would you get in trouble for that? Because I think there was something about just having fun, man. Well, the, he he was pre name and likeness, and now they now they so. He now he could have afforded those crab legs. He'd have rolled up in his Rolls Royce, probably. One of the weirdest stories in college football over the last decade is the case of former Florida State quarterback shoplifting crab legs. Tim Tebow's Heisman rap video was harmless and awkward, but this takes the cake in as far as bizarre moments go. Winston just just months after winning the Heisman Trophy was given a citation for stealing thirty two dollars worth of crab legs like from a Tallahassee. Isn't it, like, it like two crab legs from a Tallahassee Publix? April 29th, 2014. <laughs> he was after just trying winning, to celebrate. After winning the Heisman Trophy, he was given a citation for stealing $32 worth of crab legs and crawfish from the Publix. <laughs> and crawfish. And they pressed, I love that it's and, and they, crawfish. And crawfish. Uh, <laughs> and they pressed charges. Yeah. Uh, in the, the story we got here says, Weird Year Bingo Cards. Nobody on the face of the earth in 2014 had Heisman-winning quarterback steals crustaceans from Publix. As you graduated <laughs> high school. Oh, my gosh. I knew – I've known he stole the crab, crab legs, but I didn't know – there's video here, Dakota. Uh, we'll, drop, we'll drop the YouTube video in the, uh, in the chat for people, too. But, uh, yeah, here's, here's video of Jameis. It's in his slides. Jameis in 2014. Uh, walking. Uh, it's, it's just going to be him walking in and grabbing the damn crab legs. He got a. Re- he also he had a complaint just walks right out. against him in July 2013 for stealing soda from a Burger King. <laughs> He's they, klepto. He's a little bit of a klepto. They didn't order any food. They just saw him using ketchup cups and taking soda. He got in just trouble. I remember there's for just like dumb stuff, and then there are, there's like some vulgar comments thing. I, yeah, I forgot about that quote. Yeah, <laughs> I knew there's something happened in a food court situation, and yeah, look that up. That was preemptively like comment that Jameis Jameis has been uh, successful in the NFL though. He's uh, he's he's been yeah. a starting quarterback for a long time, so he's passed the crab legs. 
Uh, now Jimbo can buy him all the crab crab legs he wants. They can buy a crabbing boat together. Uh, they can, they, they can go. They can, they can still. They can have a fleet of crab boats. Crab, in, yes, in like, the Chesapeake Bay. They could seventy-six million dollars to. All right. Final thoughts, Zach Burcham. It's uh, this is F1 Vegas weekend. I know you've got to be excited. <laughs> I want to. I thought it was during Thanksgiving weekend. I didn't realize it was I, the weekend before until this week. It sounds like week. they're pulling it together. It sounds like it'll be visually spectacular. I'm having fun listening to them. Uh, they came to the realization last week that, in fact, Las Vegas in November is not hot. And so this race starts at 11.30 local. Uh, so it's like starts like 1, 1 o'clock, one thirty here, in the, essentially in the end of time. And they said that luckily it warmed up a little bit there. But there's a chance that it could have been like in the 30s and like the tire manufacturers are really or Pirelli's really having to crank to make sure the tire will work. And it's, they have tire warmers. I don't know why they're concerned about. No, it. their concern is on track because the yeah, straightaways are the straightaways are crazy long. Yeah, and they said that one of them is that um, when when has an F one race in America ever had tire problems? They Zach? said that. Yeah, I was there. Um, <laughs> uh, don't the aren't the tires getting hot? When they warm running? up when they're turning. Yeah, so they when they're not, running in a straight line, they they're going to cool warm, off. And apparently, the straightaway is incredibly long. And that they probably will sitting, they will be at rev limiter. Like they will probably be at max, like terminal velocity, probably like in the two two ten to two fourteen range. Um, so they're running this race at what time of the day? Eleven thirty at night, Vegas time. Vegas time. So it's like one thirty in the morning in in our in, time, in Indiana. like six a.m. European time, and it'll, it'll probably be like in the low fifties. And the cars are just not designed for that. Um, Visually, it'll probably be pretty impressive, and it sounds. But Why are I, they doing it so late? But I, TV I think, window, TV window, and they, I think that they thought that you know they wanted the Vegas lights, they wanted that whole spectacle, and I think that they thought, oh, Vegas hot desert. Hot. We can we can shove this into November, no problem. Yeah, we'll shove it into November, and we need to make a night race because it's Las Vegas, it's hot. Well, like not like they don't realize deserts cool very quickly. You'd think they race in a bunch of countries with problematic humanitarian issues that are in the desert you think they catch up on that but <laughs> they're real good they're real good but at they, desert but racing like I, I was listening to a podcast today about a guy who's getting an opportunity to drive that track uh within a promotional vehicle like a, a uh a jaguar and or nasty martin and in this he did a sim run to get used to the track and in the sim run an suv was hitting like 174 miles an hour on the straightaway <laughs> and so these tires are going to get real cool because they're having air run over them at 200 miles an hour. That's 50 degrees. And then they're going to, they have a 50 mile an hour turn at the end. And he's like, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Um, well, I'm going to say max for step and still wins. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. They thought either max or, um, Orlando Norris. Cause Lando has been very good at some of the, uh, like night races. Maybe they can have themselves a gigantic crash. To start. Otherwise race. enjoy all the, the, the holidays are here. So, uh, to, to take away, well, I guess, you know, this has been a not very evergreen kind of episode. Uh, Christmas tree lighting is tomorrow night for Newcastle and the Christmas parade hosted by the Knights of Pythias is on Saturday at four o'clock. Um, so enjoy all of that. Did you take your Halloween stuff down yet? My Halloween stuff came down when the camper got packed up because my Halloween stuff, I still have pumpkins out, but they're not carved. and But they are festive still because Thanksgiving's not come yet. Um, but we, our Halloween stuff travels with the camper. We just, put almost, we put nothing out of the house because you're just, you're just a traveling Halloween road we show. We spent the entire weekend, we spent the entire month of October traveling. So 
with camp, with the camper every weekend. So. Must must be nice. Dakota, I was with Zach almost the entire time. Dakota, final thoughts. It's my anniversary this weekend. Got married in 2017, six years ago this weekend. Jeremiah, check the podcast. Audio's there. Yep. We uh, my Facebook memories have been your bachelor party because <laughs> oh, <laughs> it yeah. was just before. Had a lot of bachelor party memories with uh, with old cousin Rick and Dakota. Yep, down in Nashville for the first one. Good times. So you haven't been to Hawaii in six years. Nope, haven't been. It's burnt since then. Yeah, the same place we were at. The beach we were at burned up. Crazy, but it's supposed to be a happy time, Jer. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I don't have anything. I'm good. Well, happy anniversary. Thanks. You guys are selling cups. You got uh, youth, uh, some youth selling uh, activities. Does Jackson sell. Does oh, yeah. Jackson have a fundraiser? Yeah, Jackson's got a fundraiser going. I guess the, the preschool that he's at at Tri, they're trying to get their own playground equipment so they don't have to try to squeeze in recess time when the other elementary students, the actual elementary students are outside. So that would be great. I think Audrey's got it linked up on her Facebook profile. They're selling like pumpkin rolls and stuff. I'm getting a carrot cake roll. I can tell you that. And then they're doing danishes, like different types of cheese danishes. So I think we just bought something very similar from the uh, from the Aaron Dickon household. But uh, I will check the administration at home, and I'm sure we'll participate. They have a garlic herb cheese danish that I've been thinking probably. I might need to. Dakota's going to win one of each. It's going to be a very expensive fundraiser for him. Uh, we talked about Mark Brim in his uh, in his new job. Uh, got the official word today. I've been texting Mark. He is on the website. If you go to dakotanews.now.com, Mark Brim is listed. He is a multimedia journalist. Boss Hog alum Mark Brim has now made the big time. He is the official morning news reporter. Uh, over on the uh, the ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox affiliates uh, there in Sioux, uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, if you read his bio, he has an unhealthy obsession with 1973 to 1987 Chevrolet pickups and watching reruns of the Rockford Files. Uh, all correct. He has a very, very um, recent photograph. I don't know where he found a suit, but he has a very recent photograph there. I'm disappointed that he didn't have his Kicks 96 uh, Puka Shell uh, photo submitted. I, I asked him if they would adjust it, and he says he didn't even think of it. Dakota uh, News Now. He needs to send me, like, a T-shirt or something. You need, you need to go all in. Yeah. Dakota, oh, yeah. Look at Dakota that. News perfect. Now. It's, That's he's, awesome. He's the guy. I've been, I've been searching the website trying to find my first Mark Brim uh, replay, uh, and I've not found it yet. But there's... the. He's going to be a star. I, South Dakota doesn't know yet just what uh, what they've got on their hands, but it's going to be good. Um, or it's going to be over in three days. I don't know. But I think he's going to be a big star. Uh, with that, we say thank you all so very much. Thursday is Thanksgiving, but we're going to do a show. We're going to be here with you all Tuesday night next week. You don't have to wait long. Five days from now, we'll be right back here. We'll be in your podcast feed. Uh, enjoy the weekend. Travel safe. And we'll do a Thanksgiving episode next week. We'll see you then.